Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week is no game, it's The Commandies. Our first non-annual awards show. Yeah, we're going to celebrate all of the best and worst games that we have covered in the three years that we've been podcasting. Yes, we're going to cover all the games in our first 149 episodes. Yes, we are. So without further ado, The Commandies. Well, Nick, what a prestigious event. All the greatest games are here. They are. But before we get into the awards for the show, let's do a really quick personal history. And we're going to do a couple of these throughout the show as well. Okay, sure, yeah. Uh, let's start with our personal history with each other. Oh, wow. Oh, well, we've been friends since high school in the 90s, so... Indeed. Uh, I can remember the first time I saw you at school, I thought I'd be the coolest guy there with my Akira t-shirt <laughs> and my... High top chucks, but oddly enough, you were also wearing a different Akira t-shirt. I was really baffled because I didn't know anyone at the small high school that we attended that, you know, you had just moved there, so I didn't know anybody who watched anime really or anything, and I was so excited to have this, I was like, I'm going to have this crazy Akira t-shirt, no one's going to even know what's up, it'll be so cool. Now, you had the shirt with Tetsuo on it. I did, yeah. And yeah. I had the classic Neo Tokyo is about to E-X-P-L-O-D-E. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, And then uh, over the course of a year or two, we became fast friends. Indeed, indeed. And then uh, and then by the time um, we went to college, um, we were even closer and to the point where we, where we became roommates uh, my second year of school there. Sure, for and for many years, there was a lot of uh, moving around to different uh, affordable locations. Yes, we were roommates for many years until uh, you moved in with Abby. Indeed, so, indeed. And over those years, we've played many video games together. Oh, yeah. Starting with uh, things on the Super Nintendo mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at our friend Bill's place, uh, Metal Warriors. That's right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Bill's a great friend of the podcast and a, and a great curator of many video games of many systems and other other nerd lore things, action figures, etc. Yes. Know. And I think we went through every system after that together to a degree. You always owned a PlayStation, and I always owned the Nintendo. Right, right. So therefore, between the two of us, we really had access to many of the big franchises throughout the next few years. Yeah, I mean, I kind of dropped out for PlayStation 2 because I, even though at one point I remember having four PS1s somehow, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I swear I only bought one. Well, that's also because our roommate also had a PlayStation 2, so you didn't need one. Right, right. But uh, you did have the Dreamcast. Yeah, yeah. I think around that same time. For a minute there, yeah, yeah. And, uh, of course, having many guys living together, the N64s, the GameCube, these were constantly used for their multiplayer games definitely that was you know always since nintendo's prime there you know what i mean like that's part of their appeal was they always have the best you know smash brothers mario party etc party games mm -hmm. and while we both shared a love of all games especially older games i think it was um when we lived in a, a house together affectionately known as the madhouse oh yes there was a nintendo hooked up and really i think that's the point at which we really came back to the original NES, and our love of old school games. Sure, yeah. Uh, through many challenges with our other roommates, you know, we, we got really good at games like Super C, 
Dr. Yeah. Mario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, a lot of those, you know, fun two-player NES games. Definitely, yeah. There's a lot to be said. That's where I, I briefly learned to play, what, Tecmo Bowl? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the simplest football games for my idiot mind. And then um, with the advent of the Wii, I think another door was opened. Uh, at this point, we we're living very close to each other. And the Wii is a system that's very easily portable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So quite often I would bring it over or you'd come over and we'd play a lot of the games that were released for the virtual console that we never had the chance to before as we uh, discovered Game Ground together for the first yeah, time. Yeah, No, there were a lot of games there that I first played on the virtual console just because I didn't have access to them, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like in the past. But that's really when, for me, as a semi-lapsed gamer, it was really around the re- Guitar Hero 3. It was that and Street Fighter 4 that really kind of brought me back into when I got like an Xbox 360 and more and, modern games. Yeah, briefly. <laughs> Barely, yes. <laughs> I on the other hand have always kept up with at least the most current Nintendo system. Yeah. Uh, I have two children, so you know, even though I had an Xbox 360, the Nintendo has always been the system that the whole family can play together. Definitely. And as one who's trying to raise the next generation of gamers or kids that are interested in, <laughs> you know, all sorts of games, the Nintendo always has something that, you know, I can expose them to, play with them. And they do a great job of also keeping their history alive in their current games and with their you know classics or virtual console. Yeah, for sure. And you get a, a, a really good variety with uh, Nintendo stuff generally, you know. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to our current history here. And that is that the podcast was started about three years ago. Yeah, it's crazy. It's Time flies, you know. Uh-huh. Nick asked me to do this podcast with him. And I said, mm, we'll see how long this lasts. <laughs> and it's lasted for three years. So um, we get together every week or two. And uh, we started out recording in my basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then as time went on, um, we decided to switch things to Nick's spare room, where we could have a little bit more permanent setup, and it's also not inundated with, uh, you know, laundry and children and <laughs> all of the things that come with being in a basement. Sure, sure, yeah. We try our best here at Cartridge Command HQ. And so, uh, you know, every week or so, I make the drive from one major city in Ohio to another. Ooh. It's not too horrible. And we get together, we record in this little studio. Uh, I used to edit everything, but now Nick does the first pass of editing. <laughs> and I do uh, one final pass to make sure there's nothing horribly wrong with it. Right, right. Um, and, uh, you know, we are not professionals by any means, but we think we do a fairly decent job, and we try to get it out to you every Wednesday or Thursday. Sure, I, you know, I try to follow your lead. You have a, a larger background in uh, media so to speak mm-hmm. so uh, editing etc various things so you know full disclosure you. i used to be a cameraman and editor so i do Ooh. have some professional skills in that world but i have no skills whatsoever so you're stuck with it nowadays i am mainly a stay-at-home dad i do work part-time and uh i split my time between my family duties i coach a robotics team and uh i keep the kids busy in all kinds of after school activities <laughs> yeah. and uh you know Martial arts, sports, whatnot. Man wears many hats. Nick is a full-time working man. Yeah, despite my best efforts. <laughs> and as we say every week, it really is due to our fan base, uh, those wonderful folks at Patreon, and the fact that we have, uh, you know, our friends and newly found friends that listen to the show really keeps us, you know, moving forward with it at all times. Yeah, it's it's really crazy to think about. I don't know that people like to listen to us repeatedly on purpose i don't know like, yes even uh, in other countries that's the, i was always amazed that anyone would listen to us but <laughs> the far-reaching you know fans or listeners we have you know around the world equally blows my mind for sure yeah i guess you know nerddom knows no nationalities that's enough of our 
little personal history, let's get right into our first category, and that will be the Game Boy Awards. Now, the way we're doing this may sound familiar to you because we are going to use the classic system we use at the very end of each show for many of our categories, uh, but we're also going to add a few extra categories at the end to mix it up a little bit. Sure. Getting crazy. So our first category is, of course, graphics and sound. Ooh, yes. And I had a really hard time with almost all these categories, so I did always write at least a one runner-up. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I have as my runner-up Mario Land 2. Okay, that's that game definitely has some good graphics and and sound. What is your runner-up, sure. Nick? Mine is Batman. Really? I really like I like the music in that game a lot, and I really love the tiny sprites. So okay, okay. You know, I mean, I'm not saying it's I don't know. I guess I went a little more subjective here. But. No, it's understandable. I mean, it's it's and it is your your side of the award to give. So <laughs> and as for the main winner on my side, I did give it to Link's Awakening. That is a very good nominee. Um, See, I actually went with Castlevania Two: Belmont's Revenge. All right, because mainly because it has it's got good music. You it know, has, it like, does have extremely good music and some pretty detailed backgrounds. It does. But for me, you know, Link to the Past is the total package. It's true. It's you true. You have big, gorgeous sprites. You have really great animations, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the music is phenomenal. I mean, it is some of your favorite Zelda tunes now in stereo. That's very true. Yeah, yeah, and. I mean, I guess it was also in stereo on the Super Nintendo, but it's amazing mm-hmm. how well it mimics that art style on a handheld system. It definitely does, like, uh, you know, as faithfully as it does, too. Mm-hmm. And I will agree with you, though. Um, Castlevania 2, Belmont's Revenge, is amazing. Uh, it has some great backgrounds, and the music in that one is just top-notch. Sure, yeah, I mean, I think so. Our next category is Best Play Control. Ah, yes. Best and- Play Control on the Game Boy. It's an interesting one. I, I really had a lot of back and forth on this one. Did you have a runner-up? I did, and it is Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Really? I would not have put that in the, the top category. Well, for me, I just thought that being able to swap your sword in and out, like it gave mm-hmm. you so much neat combos of items that I kind of okay. I liked, you know. Okay, I'd say, and you do get that jump. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty amazing. It's like one of the only games ever that has a good jump in a... Like a third-person perspective. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. My runner-up was Mario Land 2. Again. Well, that's a very solid one, man. Like, there's nothing wrong with that game at all, really. No. You know? I know. That's the problem. Uh, but my winner was actually Donkey Kong 94. Uh, same here. Yes. Okay, excellent. Oh, how could you not? I mean, you only have two buttons, and you can do so many things with the, Mario. And the at first, you aren't even sure what all you can do. That's the best part. Yeah. But you actually have access to such a huge move set, and the precision at which you can execute those moves is really amazing. It definitely is. It's better than most, if not all other Mario. You know what I mean? Like yeah. comparing it to Super Mario Brothers on NES or even Super Nintendo. Like this still holds up. Yeah. And it's really cool because you also get the seeds of many of Mario's longtime moveset. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that three jumps to do a super jump. Oh, yeah. 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 That stuck with him to. I think, current times. And, you know, like, you get your spin jump, his weird flip thing, like, all these ways. The backwards jump? A lot of them are, and and the way you interact with different parts of the environment, Mm -hmm. you know, so cool. And many people would think that that whole moveset started with the Mario 64, because it's very, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to use those things to get to certain areas. And in a 3D world, it's really important to be able to have a a higher jump or to be able to get that extra distance. Yeah, yeah. But it's really amazing that it actually all comes back to this very simple Game Boy game. Very, very tight, efficient game. 
All right, following that, we have best challenge factor. Challenge. And this is a tough category because, you know, a lot of what you would consider challenge factors is subjective. And the way I look at it is I want a game that is challenging but doable and it's a fun challenge. Sure, yeah. I mean, some games are challenging because they're bad. Yeah, and I don't count. That's, yeah, that so doesn't make it on my list. It's tough, you know, to, to make it. But in general, I would go with the hardest game that's not unfair. Correct. Kind of, you know. Um, and my runner-up is a game I've already mentioned, and that is Link's Awakening. Yeah, I can see that's that is a pretty tough. You know, it's not easy necessarily. No, but it's a fair, and it is a nice progression of difficulty with a rewarding end that is achievable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, my my first thought when I was thinking of challenge, and at least our experience on the Game Boy was mm-hmm. Revenge of the Gator. Because yeah. the pinball games are just really hard for me because I'm not that into pinball. So okay. maybe it's not totally fair, but I do think it was, it's a tough game. Yeah, it is. Especially if you want to get all of the different well, and, you know, uh, screens, outcomes. And it's so many times you, one mistake and you're back down three screens. Oh yeah. And you're starting it all over again. Now, is that your runner up? Yes. Then what is your, what is the winner of the category for you? Well, um, it, we briefly talked about this before recording. It's Castlevania, the adventure. Okay. Well, part of it is because this game kind of sucks. Yes. But it's just deliberately tough in these weird ways where they put like apologetic like invincibility because mm-hmm. we made something too hard or, you know. Yeah. It, it's it's very demanding and it doesn't give you the, I don't know, it's, it's rough. Now, I did not count that because it's a rough that I don't want to continue with. I see, I see. So for me, I went with, um, well, we've already mentioned it before, and that is Donkey Kong 94. Oh, well, that's true. That, that is... has some extremely hard levels. It does, it does. But not in a way that makes you want to quit. Yeah, yeah. In, in fact, when that gets really hard, you really feel like, I don't care if I'm going to burn through 20 lives in a row, <laughs> I'm getting through this level. Right, right. Because you've invested so much in that game, and it's slowly giving you more and more of a difficulty to where you really know that you could and should be able to do it. Mm, mm, mm. So when you do beat that game, it feels very earned, and it's very satisfying. That's true. That's true. All right. The next category is theme and fun. Oh, yeah. So we got a, you have a runner-up for this? Uh, my runner-up is Kid Icarus of Myth and Monsters. Oh, that is, that's a good one, man. I think it's, you know, got an extremely interesting set of themings where it does make you feel like you are on a journey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And at the same time, it is a really fun game overall that improved upon its console counterpart in almost every way. I agree. Yeah, it's it's the best Kid Icarus game, I think, for mm-hmm. sure. And I really do enjoy the Kid Icarus mechanics. So for me, that was a you know really fun all around. I got you. Yeah, definitely. And what is your runner-up, Nick? I went with Super Mario Land 2. That's a very worthy choice. It's, you know, um, what's there to say? It's a great Super Mario mm-hmm. game. You it's know. the first one that feels like a traditional Mario game. Yeah, and least. although I love the first Super Mario Land. But I agree. I think this is a little more accomplished and fleshed out adventure. Mm-hmm. And the worlds are you know, bigger, more along what you would expect from a Mario 3 mm-hmm. tie-in or sequel. Yeah, definitely. Not as based on that very first Mario game. Definitely. And then for the main event, I chose Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. As did I. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is just an amazing game. I mean, it has everything you really want and things I thought I didn't like made good. Yeah, it's a, it's a it stands against all the other, or it stands up as tall as any other Zelda game. Not just like, this is the best Zelda you could get on a Game Boy. You know, right. It's just as good. You know, it, it it's the quality is great. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not usually a huge fan of fetch quests. 
But this turns one into an integral part of the story and a really fun adventure. Yeah, I'm, you know, a little tongue-in-cheek, so it, it, it works. And the characters in this game are really amusing. They really make this world feel like a fleshed-out place. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, like we said when we played it, the only thing that could have been better is if I think they held off on that reveal that perhaps it's all a dream. Yeah. So that you would get more emotionally invested in the setting, the townsfolk, and the people you meet. Yeah, that, and I mean, you know at the end where they just kind of are like, oh yeah, and there's nightmares now too, mm-hmm. so you have to do it. Like, it's not like, I don't know, you don't make a choice, you know? No, so. but if you enjoy a Zelda game, which of course we both do, it Who really does? has everything you want in there, and it's just, you know, really fun all throughout, the way it doles out all the new items and, you know, gives you slightly new puzzles to deal with in each dungeon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Agree that. And then we have two final categories here. Um, kind of uh, an analog for our should you play this game. And that is the worst and best game of the system. Oh, yeah. Now, let's start with the worst game. And here's the thing. We didn't play a lot of horrible games. No, we did For the Game Boy. Because really bad Game Boy games are no fun at all. Right, right. So I really avoided choosing those if that was possible. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of it's just like, if you look at the the, the series, especially the early years, you're getting a lot of box puzzle games and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, just over and over. So that's my my one little um, asterisk here is, even though I'm saying this is the worst game, it's the worst game we played out of the, well, I forgot to give you the stat early on, the 18 Game Boy games that we have played. Yes. So out of those, the worst isn't the worst game by any means for the system. No, no, not it's at just all. Just the worst of this list we played. Yep. So I'm going to anger a lot of people right off the bat by saying that the runner-up in this category for me was TMNT. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Fall of the Fuck Clan. Okay, I can see that because... And I love that game. It's good, but it's it's so sparse. And repetitive. Very, very much so. I mean, you're really just doing the same thing over and over again. I I have beaten that game, I'd say, at least a hundred times in my life. I can see that, yeah. Because it is the perfect game to beat on a car ride. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I won't let that nostalgia blind me to the fact that it isn't the best game we played. It's a, you know... Solid, what, 15, 20 minutes to beat? It doesn't take that long. No, not at all. (laughs) What was your runner-up, Nick? Well, okay, this might be a little controversial, but I went with Revenge of the Gator. Okay, I can can see that from your side. Just because, again, not a a pinball guy Mm -hmm. and, you know. At least it wasn't Kirby's pinball. Well, you know, Kirby had a little more going on. It does. (laughs) (laughs) No, I can totally see that, and if you're not, it is a very sparse game as well. And it's not something that is bad, and I'm sure... As far as pinball games on the Game Boy Go, it's a, it's a quality one. And if you're into it, I'm sure you can enjoy it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, my winner or loser for the category could also be slightly controversial, but I don't uh, think so. It is Castlevania The Adventure. Uh, same here. Okay, great. Because I really want that game to be good. Also, I somehow own two copies of it. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, and of all the games to own two copies of, this of is not one I would really... I don't care at all for for it to begin with. Those carts are too small to be coasters, so there's really no utility there. And I'm sure I could probably trade them in for a whole two dollars or whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe someday I'll find a person that really wants it, and I'll just toss it at them, <laughs> ninja star style. Or um, Chantal, if you're still if you're somehow listening to this podcast, our friend from college, you can have that one <laughs> one game back from your collection that you gave me. The one that got away. Um, now my. The biggest problem with this game is that it just does not feel like a Castlevania game. No, yeah, it's... Um, that jump is not correct. The jump is weird. You know, the fireball whip is okay, I guess. It's... I like the idea of it, but the fact that you lose it instantly just is killer. Oh, yeah. 
and it's I don't know. There are even some, you know, you get some neat ideas a couple times in certain levels, but mm-hmm. it's just not fun to play. No, not not really, not at all. <laughs> Which brings us to our final category for the Game Boy, and that is a game that is fu- very fun to play. That is our best of the Game Boy. Now, again, this is the best of the games we have played, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure you all know the answer to this. Sure, but let's sure. go with our runners up just to start. Okay, and I have two because <laughs> I couldn't decide. I was very torn amongst. I mean, okay, for my runner up, I would pick, I guess, Kid Icarus, uh-huh. of Myths and Monsters. That's one of my two. Okay, it is a great game and one of the very rare um, Game Boy games or portable games that is better than its console counterpart. It's true. It's true. It's more. Of, I like to view it as a sequel, as mm-hmm. instead of a port. You know. Oh yeah, and it's amazing because. All of the problems we had with Kid Icarus for Nintendo are pretty much erased on the Game Boy uh, sequel. It's like they they heard our podcast and traveled through time. Yes. So we're still waiting on our check, guys. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I enjoy Kid Icarus. It's a fun game. Mm -hmm. But once I discovered of Myths and Monsters, which I had not played before this show. Same here. I was blown away. I was like, well, this is what I wanted. Yeah, definitely. Like, Kid Icarus is fun and intriguing, but has its problems mm-hmm. you know but they they fixed them all for the game boy and then my other runner-up was mario land 2 i yep that was right up there it is a very full fleshed out game it's almost the same size as many console games mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it gives you such big wonderful sprites yep and yep. a very interesting world to explore uh kind of like mario 3 where you get to choose your path mm-hmm. and this to me was a huge departure on the game boy usually it was such a pared down experience even like we just said Whereas Kid Icarus improved on all of its uh, yeah, yeah. predecessor in many ways, it was still the same core gameplay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But being able to have a you know sprawling world like this where you choose your levels, choose the direction you want to go, and still have such a huge amount of power-ups, it was just an amazing game when it came out and still very much holds up. Yeah, definitely. I I think it's you know in the in the same league, but I I chose Kid Icarus just more subjectively, personally. You know. Mm-hmm. And then Nick, what is the winner? In this category, best Game Boy game we have played. Yeah, well, clearly it is Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening, yes. Yeah, and uh, we've talked about it in the other categories, but it is a total package. Yeah, it's an amazing game that seems, you know, I I guess you could say this of Super Mario Land two as well, mm-hmm. but it just seems too big for its cartridge. Yeah, I mean, so much so that it is actually getting a Switch remake. Yeah, which should be cool. It looks amazing. But that's the key is that there's so much content in this game and it is so fun that all you have to do is reskin it and it's going to work for modern audiences on a modern console. Absolutely. I mean, I really don't know what else you could say because that is really the true testament of time is that can anyone come back and play this game? And the answer is yes. Uh, My son went through, he beat it, he really enjoyed it. I think it's now in his top three of Zelda games as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great stuff. Gold standard, man. Now to break up the format just a little bit so you're not hearing us say the same things over and over again. Break it up and break it down. We're going to get into another set of uh, brief histories here. Okay. Just to fill in the gaps for those who haven't listened to every single episode or want this that tiny extra little bit of information about <laughs> where we stand on each of these consoles. Sure. Well, Nick, what was your personal history with the Game Boy? The one and only Game Boy. I, well, I didn't own one, but my younger brother did. I'm sure you saw the many advertisements as it was 
being unveiled and was coming out in the Nintendo Power. Yeah, well, you know, Nintendo Power kept me, you know, inundated with news. So I was, and you know, there were always some games I was pretty interested in, you know, but Mm -hmm. mostly it was relegated to, you know, we had a battery or adapter where you could plug it into the wall. So it just kind of sat next to the, the couch and got played when you were sitting there. Now, did you ever encounter those giant kiosks? At say the Toys R Us or wherever, where it's like a giant Game Boy. No, I know you're. I, I've heard about these, but and then I it, didn't a little see tiny, them. like a normal Game Boy, was sticking out of it that you could play on. Right, right. And it mirrored on the screen in front of it. I don't remember seeing that. That was, I think, uh, I don't know if that was my first encounter with it, but I do have you know memories of that. Uh, but for me, it was Nintendo Power. It said mm-hmm. this is coming out, and I said it's a portable Nintendo. I need it. Yeah, definitely. I mean. I think I had been burnt by at least one Tiger Electronics game at this point. <laughs> and I vowed never to be again. Right. Uh, so I got mine for Christmas, the first year it came out. And nice. I got uh, Mario Land for it. And I, of course, played it and uh, Tetris, you know, nonstop. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I um, played a lot of Tetris back in the day. I had rechargeable batteries for it. My dad made sure to get me a battery charger and rechargeable batteries. It's a good good policy. Yes. Uh, I think this is also around the time that I got my first Walkman. Oh, uh, my dad is a motorcyclist, and I grew up on the back of his motorcycle. <laughs> right. And uh, once he switched to Walkmans uh, for listening while he was driving or riding, I got one as well. And that was one of my other prized possessions all throughout childhood. Yeah, rocking out on the road. Uh, so I needed a steady supply of AA batteries and Luckily for me, he was smart enough to make sure I never had to buy them. Right. That's, yes, genius. Uh, now, you know, I did not play the Game Boy much at home. For me, it was the system that I, you know, would play when we'd go to my grandmother's house, which was an hour and a half, sure. two hours away, or, you know, when I was stuck somewhere. But I also didn't really take it with me a lot. I didn't take it to the grocery store or places like that because it was, you know, a very expensive object to me. Yeah, like, not taking any chances with this bad boy. Exactly. And um, I used it so much, though, that, you know... I I, th- I know I busted through the snaps on my official NES carrying case, the cloth one. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. had my dad replace those for me. Man. Uh, I still have that case Holds and my up. Game Boy. And um, I even, like I did with many of my systems, when Nintendo Power came out with those stickers that were like overlays, oh. yeah, yeah. I put the racing one on mine. Okay, okay. Uh, the checkerboard pattern. <laughs> and I spelled out... Um, you know, my name and letters, the little individual letters they gave you with it. Oh, sure. Wow. Cool. And going from the Game Boy to the next system for Nintendo, let's talk about our real brief histories with the SNES, the Super Nintendo. The Super Nintendo. Yes. What a system. Um, I remember hearing rumors of a new Nintendo in mm-hmm. various magazines, you know, even before like EGM, you know. Yes. And then your very first glimpse was in Nintendo Power. They gave you uh, some pictures of the Super Famicom. Yes, and the controller, especially when I saw all the buttons, it melted my mind. Like I really four four buttons for your thumb. Yeah, how could you? You only have enough room to touch two. I know it was. I, I didn't know. I, I really felt like this is going to take a lot of, of learning and practice. And to, shoulder buttons, man. Yeah, and the, and then when that happened, you know, where I was like, oh, and the buttons on the top. How how? I don't have enough fingers for this. You know, but it was sink or swim. Yes, and I learned to swim. Luckily for me, uh, the release of most Nintendo products happen at the beginning of September, late August, Yeah, yeah. which is right before my birthday. Same here. And this also coincided with the fact that my mother remarried and uh, into an Air Forceman, mm-hmm. and we started moving around the country. Sure, sure. And as a huge pity move, <laughs> I got the 
Super Nintendo the week after it came out. Nice. And I loved it. Yeah. Um, I got mine for my birthday that year, but it was under a condition that I had to help pay for it because it was so expensive. So mm-hmm. I sold a lot of my NES games, some yeah. regrettably. I did as well because I wanted more games for it. And uh, that Christmas time, I did sell my Nintendo collection as well because uh, otherwise I was not, I was getting one other game. Right, right. And, uh, that's yeah. kind of rough, too, in the early days of it was, Super it was, Nintendo. It was not a good move. Um, <laughs> but, you know, hey, it's the decisions you have to make when you're you know, a kid and your family doesn't have a ton of money. Tough decisions, man. Now, I played my Super Nintendo nonstop for the first two years I had it. Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, but then once I got into middle school and, um, you know, I discovered girls slash got grounded a lot, <laughs> I really fell out of the Super Nintendo world. I had stayed pretty, you know, there were certain games, I don't know, about halfway through the Super Nintendo's life was when I started to, you know, I was really only interested in RPGs or fighting games. Mm -hmm. And even then, because I really, man, the Super Nintendo had a ton of brawlers. Like, yes, it really seemed like every other game where I'm like, even if they were good, I just dismissed them. Like, I've I've seen enough of this stuff. Correct. I mean, the last game I bought for it was Final Fantasy III. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember getting that. So it would be, you know... A couple times a year, I would get something big like Secret of, of Mana or Final Fantasy. Or, okay, maybe or... Secret of Mana come out after Final Fantasy III. Mm. I had both of those, and that I... was the, that was the last two games I got. Right, right. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. But I definitely, you know, and would borrow certain, you know, like Super Metroid or these big games, you know, but towards the end. But I was very eagerly awaiting uh, the next system for, I mean, briefly we thought... Final Fantasy VII was going to be on the Nintendo 64, or but that was when that's when I jumped ship to the PlayStation in yeah. the mid 90s. And you know, in retrospect, I think I've told you I wish I would have as well because the games were just so much cheaper. And there were so many, there like, were so many of, of them. so many different kinds. Like it's it's crazy. I really think that the the PlayStation, like it's the only uh, game system I remember coming out that was. It was like the NES where it was like all of a sudden you could do so much new stuff that mm-hmm. everybody was trying all this weird stuff and nobody knew what, what a 3D game was going to be like yet. So yeah. it's an interesting experimental time. It was. But I think you know our talk of PlayStation, but especially the N64, will have to wait mm-hmm. for another day. Mm-hmm. Our next system is the Super Nintendo. And let's kick things off with our first category, graphics and sound. Okay. My runner's up. Yes, I had two. Mm-hmm. Ugh, this was such a hard category for me. <laughs> uh, we're Mega Man X. Okay. That's, that is one of my runner-up. Uh, my runner-up as well. Because, uh, you know, looks awesome. Sprites, amazing. Definitely. Really kicking soundtrack. Absolutely. Uh, and then my other runner-up was Super Metroid. Okay. Now, for my, I had two runners up, but mine was Super, uh, Mega Man X and Act Razor. Okay, I can see that Act Razor has some really cool graphics, Mainly, and it sounds pretty good. It's my thing is that it's definitely an early Super Nintendo game. Yeah. So I mean, for the time when it came out, you were really wowed. But I mean, it still is good. But you know, really, it's the music that is the best part of that game. Agreed. So your winner, Nick. My winner was Super Metroid. All right, I believe it. That game is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it has some gigantic sprites. Yeah, the bosses, some of them are huge, um, and I, I really, really like the music. That it is sparse, but like, it's very, 
atmospheric and pulls you into each area. And yeah, level. yeah, and and some places, you know, it picks up tempo and gets a little more battly, groovy. I guess mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it, it's all over the place in a good way. Yeah, I mean, my son's playing it right now, so I just watched him go through the first half the game. Yeah, I, yeah. two days ago. So uh, I think he's beaten it already once oh, and right. started it at least twice. So that first half really <laughs> just zings along. But what makes that game so amazing is that. There's all these little cues and hints that are just in the visual graphics of the game. Yeah, yeah. Or even the level design. Like, they really do. It's 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 like a silent movie. Like, it's masterful. Mm-hmm. And um, my winner was The Legend of Zelda. Okay. A Link to the Past. Well, you know, can't really argue. It's, it's... I love the design and the character work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everyone looks so fun and like a, a cartoon come to life. Yeah, yeah. And... You know, the music is very, it's rousing in a way that's faithful to the, you know, classic overworld theme of, you know, Legend of Zelda, but in in a much more lush way. Definitely. Next up, we have Play Control. And I'm going to say this probably about 100 more times in the podcast, but this is also a very tough category for me. It was. I have have one runner-up and... And, and of course, one winner, but I consider them neck and neck. Uh, in fact, I wrote a Drew and Arrow so I can just kind of switch them if I want to because they were so <laughs> close for me. What was your runner up? I, I chose Mega Man X. All right. Well, I chose that as my winner. Okay. But like I said, it could be back and forth because at, Mega Man X is such an amazing fine tuning of the Mega Man movement formula. Oh, yeah. You get all your classic moves. And then you, you know, in addition to all the weapons you can get, but you also get those, the special boots, the helmet, all the items yeah. that improve your movement. And it's done in such a way that it's not overwhelming, but at the same time, you have such great control over your Mega Man that, you know, you can really get to and do almost anything you need to. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But I think I know what your winner is, Nick, because it was probably my runner up. Okay. And it was? Uh, Super Metroid. That is exactly <laughs> what I thought. Well, They're neck and neck. Yeah, I mean, they both do very similar stuff where mm-hmm. you have great core action controls surrounded by these things that you can, you know, do in Super Metroid that are actually there from the get-go. Like, it's it's awesome. Yeah, the only reason I switched mine was because there are times that the jump and Super Metroid can just get a little wonky. Well, it, it, And that's just a Metroid jump Yeah, thing. It's yeah. not the game itself. It's just kind of, you know, sometimes I'm never sure the edge between the spin jump and the right the standing <laughs> wafting jump. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that is the one thing I will nick that beautiful and almost perfect game for. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they really are both amazing uh, games to control. They put all six buttons to work. Our following category is challenge factor. Okay, we played a few really tough games here on the on the old Super Nintendo. Yes, uh, you know, and again, I always forget to mention at the beginning, but we did play 21 Super Nintendo games. Okay, so that's a pretty decent chunk there, you know? Yeah, and uh, my runner-up was not surprising, and that is A Link to the Past. Oh, okay, okay. Well, uh, well, that game, you know, it, it has a very good pace to it, you know? Indeed, and it's not um, one that's super hard to beat. No. But no. it does create just enough challenge to be satisfying yeah especially the latter half of the game you start getting some tough bosses you mm-hmm. know like the not the difficulty isn't just figuring out or exploring you know there's Correct. some actual technical challenge there so then what was your runner-up nick my runner-up was contra 3 the alien wars Ooh, see i put that in the category of almost 
too hard to want to go on. Yeah, it's up there. Um, I mean, you do have the difficulty select, but if you want to play the full game, you got to go hard mode. Yeah, and it's just literally that one boss. Yeah, which is really tough. But and that boss is just a deal breaker for me. I mean, um, if you didn't listen to the episode, it's the boss that's like a spiderish creature. Yeah, it's the the second overhead mm-hmm. boss. Yeah, and it's just almost impossible to hit it. Well, yeah, it's it's it takes weird, forever. You're spinning so much, but I mean. There are ways to get around it somewhat if you just abuse your livestock, but mm-hmm. but I, I thought that while it is extremely hard, it's also it's 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 so rewarding when you actually get it. I don't know, it's it's hard to explain. I can see that. So what was your winner then? Well, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, my friend. And I think uh, if I had a worst of list, that would be the <laughs> winner for me because I think we looked at this in, from different angles. Well, I think that you know, of course, there's the you got to play through it twice. That yeah. really sucks. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, it's still really hard. But you know, it's it's a very almost Castlevania-ish, like where it's like you they're really making you master a weird jump and go through these levels and mm-hmm. like. It was tough, but again, rewarding. Like, if, if I could only had to go through the game once to truly beat it, then I, I would really like it. But all right, ugh. for me, the winner was Super Metroid. Oh sure, okay, yeah. It is a very challenging game, and there are many points where you just don't even know what to do. Yeah, yeah. But the feeling of figuring out a secret, bombing the right wall, getting through to the very end. Definitely, yeah. And it has a final boss fight that is a thousand times more fair than the original Metroid. <laughs> well, and you know, thematic. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's got a lot going for it, and, and challenge wise, you know, again, like it's not just wandering around looking for something that's tough. Which it's, is hard sometimes. Yeah, it, it, it's also uh, most of the bosses, like what Dragon or Fantoon, like some of them are really tough, and yeah. you you have to figure out and learn. But there are also multiple ways usually to effectively fight them, so it's it's rewarding. Definitely. Uh, next up, we have theme and fun. All right, so we have a runner-up here, I take it? Oh, uh, yes. You may have heard of some of these titles. A few a few classics from the past? Um, yes, I have uh, Mega Man X. Okay, I, I, I've heard of this game before, and it's and pretty good. It's a lot of fun. A Link to the Past. <laughs> okay. My, my runner-up was A Link to the Past. Okay. And first place was Super Metroid. And same here. I don't know. I mean, I hate to say it, because now that I'm looking at my list, it's kind of sad. <laughs> But this game is a groundbreaker. It really influences so many games coming after it. The Metroidvania that we've all heard about. Yeah, yeah. It really is Metroid with a little bit of Vania. Oh, definitely at this point. You and, know. and it all comes from here. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, A Link to the Past was kind of the swan song for a generation of Zelda games where, you mm-hmm. know, the old school overhead style, this was... The last and best one of it for quite some time. Until the Game Boys. There were some Game Boy well, Advance yeah. ones That's and uh, whatnot, but it wasn't... But, you know, it's like Metroid was, you know, after Super Metroid, the next one was Prime, right? Or, right. Well, I guess... There's some Game Boy ones. but uh, Zero Mission, but that's just a remake of the first. Yeah, so it's, I don't know, a lot of these you saw before the, the great shift to the, for these franchises into 3D. You know, you get to see some of the best, uh, best old school games of all time. Yeah. Unfortunately, they dominated our list of Super Nintendo games. Yeah, but I mean, there were some other really good ones. The Kirby Superstar stood out for me. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot more fun than I expected it to be. Uh, even Mario Kart held up better than I, I thought it would. I Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, uh, you know, it's not that there weren't other deserving nominees, you know? Right. Which brings us to a final set of categories, best and worst games. Mm. Let's start with our worst. 
uh, from the games we played, of course. And sure. for me, that was uh, Joe and Mac was my first runner up. For the worst Super Nintendo? Yep. I can see that. Yeah. You know, it's not that I, fun. I remembered it fondly, but it's it's very basic and not a lot. It's going like a, on. it's like a very early Nintendo game, but with Super Nintendo graphics. Yep. Uh, agree that. What was your runner up, Nick? I, I only had one nominee for this. Okay. And it's the one, the only Donkey Kong Country. Oh, okay. I hate this game. Yeah, uh, I really do. Like, and, and it's a shame because at the core, it's a very fine C minus mediocre game. But mm-hmm. it's just like I, I don't normally resent a game for being too long, where it's just there's too much game to for it to be stay fun and fresh. Like it's so repetitive. Okay. Ugh, and the graphics are stupid, and they look <laughs> dumb. And I hate monkeys. I hate monkeys. No. Um, I disliked it, but not as much as you. That's not really a fair thing because I. I just hate this game, and I have for 20 years. But anyways, yeah. My worst game of the Super Nintendo that we have played was Earthworm Jim 2. Ooh, well, yeah. It's it's definitely from that style of 90s, you know, game. And I don't like that style. <laughs> I can see it, man. I it's... like the irreverent humor in it, and it's got some great sound effects and whatnot. And, the you know, animations are cool. But there's just not enough fun game there. It's so much of, like, just wandering through these giant spaces. Well, and it's... Play control is sloppy. The Earthworm Jim series in general kind of has a bit of Battletoads disease where, yeah, you have some fun platforming action levels, but in between there's going to be some weird hit or miss puzzle, crazy, wacky games that mm-hmm. I'm like, eh. Usually miss. Yeah. Like, or go on just too long. Definitely. So then we have the best game for the Super Nintendo. All right. My runner-up was Zelda, A Link to the Past. That was also my runner-up. Ooh, second place. And again, it's hard to say. Because all, there was a <laughs> tier of games that were very good on this. Yeah. Um, and, of course, this is just from the 21 games we have played. So, right, you know, right. this isn't a total complete list. Otherwise, there would be some competition for maybe Mario World or oh, definitely, yeah. some other games. But from what we played, you know, A Link to the Past was such a huge, interesting game. And it just took you forward in all the ways I wanted the Zelda franchise to go, pretty much. Oh, yeah. It was, I mean... It was a great game. I remember anticipating it for months and months before I finally got my hands on it, and uh, it did not disappoint. But the winner of the category, I think, I don't even have to look at your sheet. Oh, here it's we go. probably the same one I have. Oh. We've mentioned it about ten times already. And here it comes. It is Super Metroid. You're darn right it is. That it's, game, I mean, it, it needs nothing done to it to be a perfectly playable modern game. It's so good. It's so good. It. it it really just does everything right. It's got the sound, the graphics, the play control. Yeah, and it doesn't do too much of anything. Like, it's just everything in that game. It should be there and make means something. Like, it's so efficient. I don't know. And it's got many quality of life things for you. Like, you know, maps. It makes yeah, a map. Yeah. It, you can find a place that shows you what you haven't found in a map. It's, I mean, the only way it doesn't hold up to modern games is that you have to go save when you want oh, yeah, to save. Yeah, you have save points. You Otherwise, know. you know, that game could be released today on Steam and it would be just another big indie hit. Definitely, yeah. It's This is a, a great game with a shadow cast over 30 years. Well, folks, that's going to wrap up the first episode of our two-parter and first ever Cartridge Command Commandies. Yeah, so... We've gone through the Game Boy and the Super Nintendo. That means we have our Sega and Nintendo systems still to go. So place your bets, guys and gals. And if you haven't, go back and listen to all 150 episodes real quick to catch up. No, just just the Nintendo (laughs) ones and Sega ones. That's only about 70. Yeah, that's that's true, yeah. 
So get on that for next week, guys. Get down on it. But if you want a game to play after that, we will be getting into Super Mario World. And there's plenty of game to get into there. So So much. And, you know, there are a billion ways to play that game, including on the brand new, the Super Nintendo uh, collection on the Nintendo Switch online service. That's an awesome game that, you know, deservedly has been brought back time and again. If you want to let us know any titles that we ignored or snubbed, any snubs and flubs for the commandies, let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com. Yeah, did we cover one of your favorite games and it didn't make it into our best of any of the categories? You can also let us know on the Facebook at Cartridge Command or on Twitter at Cart Command. And of course, once again, as we always do, because they are the best, we must thank and will always continue to thank forever those wonderful, awesome folks at patreon.com slash cartridgecommand. They win all of the awards. They're so cool. They get every award I could give them. Because without them, this show wouldn't exist. We wouldn't have any prestigious awards to to hand out. No. And uh, we want to say thank you so much, everyone. Because because of you folks, you know, we get to make this show. And as long as people keep listening and people keep giving, we'll keep making it. Yeah, it's just so crazy. What a wild ride. And, as always, Cartridge Commandos, game on! Deservedly has been brought back time and again. Time and again. Time and again. <laughs> Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not so classic. <laughs> Sorry, it's been so long. <laughs> uh, 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 sorry. <laughs> <laughs>